right, it is time for another episode of Between Two Trains. I'm Mark Apple. And I'm Eric Most. And today we've got Chad Long from Core Payments. I am super excited about this because I hate carrying around a thick wallet in my pocket or in my briefcase filled with all the different credit cards. I got my insurance card. I got a couple of dollar bills in there. You got the photos of the kids and everything else. And it just pains me. I don't know about you, Eric, how, how you feel about that. But as soon as I was able to start paying with my phone, which I always have with me, or even now my watch where I can just go up and ding, how convenient is that? I was like, hallelujah, this is great. What about you, man? Well, I, you know, it's, I'm the banker, but I never have cash on me. Um, that's just kind of, uh, how it is. Uh, yeah, everything's, everything's via phone or, or credit card. Um, Chad, tell us a little bit about your business. It sounds Mark alluded to it. You're, you're center to that. Right. Uh, I started core payments, uh, a few years ago, actually, I've got about a decade of experience in the payments industry, which, um, Anybody that has any experience in the payment industry know that's like dog years. So that's equivalent to probably 45 or 50 years of experience in another industry just because of the churn and the pace and the technology development that, that comes down um, the pike on, on what we're doing. But I had kind of grown a little bit disillusioned um, with the corporate world of merchant services. I had advanced um, all the way from a sales rep uh, in the course of about seven years with a with a fair size company all the way up to director, a uh, senior director role with that company. And what I had seen is what had started off as a relationship-based type of approach we took with the company had become more of the doing a formula, management by metrics. You come in and for two hours, you make X number of calls, which leads to Y number of meetings, which leads to Z number of closes and trying to make something a formula and I just don't operate that way. It's a little bit of, um, as I like to say, the Jerry Maguire approach. Take more time to get to know the clients, understand their business, and really listen to them to provide the solutions they need. So out of frustration with where the industry as a whole was going, I, I jumped ship um, in my late 40s with three young kids um, and left a pretty secure corporate gig to start my own. That's how dissatisfied I was where the industry was going. So um, you're right. The industry evolves very quick. A lot of technology, near field communication. You've got the chip. You've got a bunch of software type stuff. Um, what kind of business owners do you service? Who's, who's your ideal client? Who, who, do you, who do you work with? Well, I hate to say this and it's because it's, like, it's always such a bad answer. But in this economy, truly anybody, there are businesses that you never would have thought of taking credit cards that are now taking credit cards, um, especially with all the card not present transaction. But that is where I kind of differentiate myself or, or maybe Excel is in the card not present space. Um, professional services, um, law offices, I can often come up with a, a, a solution for them that exceeds what they're currently trying to do. A lot of home services now have moved from the, instead of the contractor coming in and asking you for a check, they're taking cards now for some pretty big ticket items and people are happily paying with their card because as we know, there's been great growth in the terms of rewards cards and the type of rewards that cardholders can get using those cards. And if they have the, if they have the space on their card to do a five, six, $7,000 transaction, they absolutely are going to do it. Car dealers are taking cards now wow. for down payments, believe it or not. 
it's wow. uh, it's 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 really wild how industries have moved, not just in the service department, but for down payments. Like uh, a lot are doing through their internet sales, and 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 you or or Mark uh, could see a a car you liked on a website, call the dealership, give them the down payment over the phone, and go out and pick it up, and and then have most of the paperwork done ahead of time. That's a trend we're seeing now. Um, I still work with, as you might expect, the boutiques and restaurants because technology has developed for what we can provide them with um, now, and, and especially in light of, of COVID. Businesses have been moving uh, to adopt different software as a service type products uh, to streamline the process of getting paid and making it easier for their clients. For about a decade, we saw, uh, we've seen the development of uh, email invoicing type of products or websites, of course, and not just necessarily for e-commerce buying a t-shirt, but going to your CPA firm's website and clicking a link and paying your bill online on their website. We've seen that develop over the last decade. We're getting all kinds of things now, even before COVID. I've, I've told people that the one statistic from calendar year 2020 that, that amazed me is we truly had 10 years worth of card not present technology adoption in one calendar year. It equaled the adoption we'd had the previous 10 years combined. It was amazing to see what was happening. So restaurants are looking for um, remote ordering type of software, whether it's for you to come by and pick it up or for delivering. And they're looking for options other than the, uh, the big delivery platforms like Uber Eats or some of the other ones that go because the bite is pretty, is pretty strong from them in terms of, of what the restaurant is paying for that. So they're looking for lower cost solutions that do the same thing we're trying to provide those solutions where you can even just text the restaurant's landline and an artificial intelligence bot will send you back an order form and you can create your order right there. And it's ready for pickup and we're working to integrate with delivery services so the restaurants can have their own delivery options. I mean, it, it has definitely been a, a crazy, you know, 2020 looking back certainly with the technology. That's the part that I'm most fascinated by, Chad. And I, I love... The example you gave about restaurants, I know even with my own agency, you know, we, we used to collect checks in the mailbox after those invoices went out and a few people would say, hey, we're going to do, you know, a bank transfer. Okay, great. But pretty much, you know, March 2020, we kind of said, okay, everyone, it's now online payments only. And, uh, you know, we didn't have one client of ours have any resistance. They actually wanted that mm-hmm. service. And I think that's probably the other big thing is, uh, for your business, I'd love for you to validate it is that not only was it the businesses that kind of wanted these solutions that you're providing, but customers and consumers were screaming for this. I know, you know, when COVID was at its peak, these restaurants, at least, you know, for me that had curbside pickup and you paid in advance and you just pulled up and you said, here's my order number on my phone. And they dropped the package in the car and you were paid already and, and go. Mm-hmm. How easy, how easy is that? Um, you know, what's your take? Uh, you're absolutely right, Mark. Um, customers, consumers have been screaming for years for easier ways to pay. They love to pay with their credit card. We've seen, as I mentioned earlier, the development of various rewards cards programs. But what we've also seen in the last several years is a jump. It's just not you and I trying to pay our personal bills with a credit card we're seeing lots of B2B payments start to happen via corporate card because guess what? Those corporate cards have rewards programs as well. Amex has reps whose sole job is to go around to their big ticket Amex corporate card holders and 
talk to them really nice and say, if you increase your spend by 15%, we're going to give you all these additional benefits. So, and, and Visa Business does it as well. The, and MasterCard, they are going out and businesses are wanting to pay their bills with their cards because they get extra incentives, extra benefits, but it's also easier. The process of paying with a card as compared with the process of getting a check cut and mailed out saves time on the payers end of things. So businesses have actually started trying to find ways they can pay with their corporate cards instead of having a, a check cut. I do it. I do it. I set clients up at the bank with corporate cards to mm -hmm. for and you're right, Chad. It's it's B2B. It's not just, you know, B2C or it's not just, you know, consumer to business with these card payments. It's a means of and 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 there's there's mutual benefit. Um, you know, a lot of these cards have zero liability. So if there's fraud or something like that, it's just, you could you call the number and, you know, they credit, you know, for what, you know, if it's a dispute or what, whatnot. And then if you're the merchant, you get, it's faster cash flow because you get the funds quicker. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to see that dynamic. Do you think, Chad, do you think COVID, so many industries, COVID and the lockdown, forced you know a lot of things what was forced in payments you mentioned card not present but i mean what what did covid do to the industry that you don't you don't see being unwound it's uh, I, i'm not sure uh if how many people will agree with me on this but i think the genie is out of the bottle um on the cash discount pricing programs for credit card processing that's where the merchant charges a surcharge on top of the purchase price to cover the merchant services fees. It's been around for a few years. There's visa rules and visa compliance on it. You associations don't like that. Well, they, but visa has the, the compliance rules for it. There are a lot of really slick and visa compliant programs that have come along. Uh, it used to be I could get one out of maybe every 10 merchants was interested in adding a surcharge. By the end of 2020, once people started taking more cards and seeing what they could do with those fees, it was up to over 40% of the merchants were asking about surcharging options and how they could absorb those fees elsewhere. And not just in B2C, but B2B as well. They, they, they're looking for ways to cover these expenses. Um, I don't know that that's going to get put back in the bottle, as I said before. I, I think we've had a big surge and it's here for several years um, to stay. But the, the, the online ordering... Uh, one of the things I've also seen come out that is really exciting to me, I mentioned it earlier, is the artificial intelligence. You're talking about curbside pickup at your restaurant, Mark. What if I told you we can set up a curbside check-in and pick up at your local veterinarian's office when you take your dog in? You arrive, you text their number with the word here, you get a response that says, okay, dog's name and type of car. They'll come out and pick up your dog, take it into the veterinarian's office. You get a text through, you know, like say middle of the afternoon that says, hey, Mark, your dog's ready for pickup. These services have been done and it lists the services. And there's a link that says click here to prepay. Well, you go ahead and you click that link, you prepay. Then you get, all right, text us when you arrive to pick up. You text when you arrive, say here for or pick up or whatever the code is. And same questions. They bring your dog out to you. You don't even have to go in the veterinarian's office anymore. That's been a response to COVID. But that's going to change things when uh, we go back to more in person. It's going to streamline operations for those type of businesses. Yeah, that, that is such a great example. And also in my head, I'm thinking, wow, if my dry cleaner had that, 
another thing that, <laughs> that you know, I've got to go drop it off. Then I got to go back in three days and, and get it and walk back into the store and, you know, kind of a, not, you know, first world problems, but hey, solvable. I love right. the, I love the, that we could all sit here and just go through our client list and go, wow, if they only had this and if they only had this, mm-hmm. um, what a solution that is. Eric, you, you agree? hundred percent. I mean, I find myself, I, I don't use the dry cleaners, unfortunately, as much as I used to. I'm sure they miss me. Um, but you're right. I mean, the other thing too is, is the um, payment systems that tend to remember, you know, with blockchain, um, you know, and a lot of these, you know, the secure store, I know you can't store card information, but a lot of times customers, you know, when I put in my card, they know who I am based on my card. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of a client resource management system all integrated into uh, the merchant. It's really fascinating. You're right, Chad. I mean, the industry changes so fast. It can be hard to stay up on. You're absolutely right. You're talking about CRM systems. And people for years wanted a way to accept payments through their uh, Salesforce. You know, so sales reps could accept payments through Salesforce. It attaches to that client. You can track it through the whole process. We've moved beyond that now from where a sales rep's having to enter it into Salesforce for the payment, that that link talks, the API is talked to Salesforce and the card number can be uh, stored in a vault, uh, tokenized in a way that is completely secure. So then if, if you want to pay another bill, you can say, hey, just ding my card for it. And the merchant can go ahead and just pay your card. You don't even have to put it in. And smartphones have made it so interesting. You get a link to pay I text the vet takes you the link to pay that we talked about earlier. You click the link. Well, most of us have two or three cards at least stored in our phone. It gives you the option to go ahead and use this card, provides the last four digits. You hit that, it scans your face, it puts in the card information for you. You don't even have to do it. The less friction involved with a customer paying a business will lead to greater customer loyalty and greater spend there. So it's it's an investment in growing your business. The easier you make it for your customers to pay, the more they're going to shop with you because you've removed the worst part of any transaction, which is paying for what you bought. Um, exactly. It has truly changed uh, the nature of payments. Um, speaking of paying the bills, I think we need to take a quick commercial break and we will be back in the back half of this to explore further the software as a service. Attention small business owners. Right now, your next customer is looking online for your services. Will they find your website or a competitor's? Will your phone ring or will it be another slow day? Don't let another bad day go by. We're Forward Push, and we help businesses like yours be found in a Google search by creating an SEO strategy for your business. Schedule your free marketing consultation at forwardpush.com right now. That's forwardbush.com. And welcome back to Between Two Trains. We have Chad Long from Core Payments. I'm Eric Most, and my co-host Mark Apple and I were just thinking about how easy it is to pay businesses. And that's the danger as a consumer for me. Um, when it's really easy, I tend to spend a lot more money than if I have to stop and think. How is this, Chad, evolving into, you mentioned software as a service and kind of the SaaS model. How is that being integrated into, into your business? Well, it's, it's really changed the nature um, for us and a lot of other businesses have turned to the subscription model for providing their goods. 
or services. It's something we've seen develop over the last, I would say five years, other people might have only started noticing it in the last two. And I always talk to clients about creating content or goods that are something that their customers could subscribe to. It's grown tremendously. I think it's going to continue to grow. I often have clients say, I don't know if anybody would want to subscribe to whatever it is they sell. Well, guys, let me tell you something. Early in the 2020, uh, I guess this was probably around April, when we were having shortages of various things at the grocery store, my wife found a subscription service for, of all things, toilet paper. And we have that on a subscription service. So if you can sell that via subscription, you can find a way to sell almost anything via subscription service. I think you're going to see a lot more subscription models come out. And I think one thing for us to look for is with the use of analytics and the way data can be tracked now based off card uh, usage, you'll see a lot of things of, you may go into the smoothie store. Um, I don't know why that popped into my head, but you may go into the, the smoothie store, use your card to pay for it. And different companies have done the research and they know that 60% of their clients after going to the smoothie store, they go right down the, or two blocks over or just down the, the shopping center to the Lululemon store or whatever. So you'll get a pop-up on your phone and ad saying, hey, 10% off with your receipt at Lululemon. You're going to see a lot more of that kind of stuff start to come through as well. People don't even know uh, where they want to go next. and But because of trends and where they're seeing transactions happen, you're going to see a lot of direction like that. Analytics is going to change the nature um, of business as well over the next five, six, seven years. How, Chad, how are they doing that and protecting my identity as a consumer? I mean, is my card information just out there? I mean, it's, is it- it, it's not your card information. All that is tokenized. And it used to be we could see the last four digits of your card number. And that was how we did a lot of identifying. Now it's completely encrypted into a token that we won't even see the last four digits of the card. So your payment information is okay. And your name is okay um, in terms of your, or rather your identity is okay. It's not being shared. It is just the behavior that's being marketed to. They're not marketing directly to Mark or to Eric. They're marketing to your behavior. You went into this store, a substantial number of clients from that store, often their next purchase is at a, the same type of business. So they're selling marketing and, and different types of things. It's more and more we're running our lives off our phone. And we're not talking on them. We're interacting via text or, or other types of, of written communication on our phone. I think you're going to see a move away from products that I talked earlier about email invoicing. I think you're going to see a move away from that because people are really starting to not enjoy checking their email. Everybody's got so many different, um, they're signed up for so many different rewards programs or or frequent shopper programs, you know, you go to bed with a clean inbox and you wake up the, you know, eight hours later and you've got 20 emails that have come in with all various kinds of offers. Email boxes are getting full. People are using text more and more instant communications even than that. So we're going to see moves to being able to send these invoices and bills via text, certainly in the B2C. B2B will probably stay on email platforms somewhat longer. I don't see them moving to text. But in B2C, you're going to see presentment. Uh, via text. I've got an automo uh, automobile repair shop. He, the, the gentleman owns three of them. He is using text to pay to his clients, essentially. He says, hey, your car is ready. Click here to prepay. Then they can 
put the keys in the car with the receipt. You don't even have to go in the shop. You know, they can tell you everything that went on, send you a video of the inspection that they took on their iPad or whatever other tablet that goes through. Um, so you're going to see a lot more of B2C using text and instant communication to receive payment in advance or payment before the customer does pick up. That's going to be the big change, I think. Subscriptions and the way those are done um, and analytics driving retail business way more than we ever thought. And it, it scared me. You were talking about um, earlier, Eric, about are you protected? Is your card information out there? It scared me when I saw what some of these people are able to do with, with analytics and predict my behavior. But then I thought, you know what? They're right. I go to location A. Most of the time, right after that, I go to location B. You know, so if I can get 10% off of where I'm already going, you know, I'll take advantage of it. So it is going to be a benefit to the consumers, but the, the car data and the identity data are safe. They're marketing to the behaviors is the best way. I, if that makes sense, that's the best way I can describe that. It's, so. it's interesting that all of this technology is based around this, the mobile phone in our, in our pockets or in our purses. Um, as, as you're going through those examples, Chad, I kept thinking, well, what about my grandmother who doesn't have the iPhone or the Android, who still got, got the flip, but you know, she needs new tires or she's got to drop the, the kitty off at the vet. Is this increase in technology and you know, us relying on it as business owners and consumers pushing some people that uh, are not fortunate enough away yes. from this? And how then um, is the industry making sure that all these things are available to, to everyone? Or is it clearly just, hey, if you don't have the phone that can get the text message, that can watch the video and pay the payment, um, you still got to come inside and pay. Are businesses mindful of this or are they just adopting technology as a whole? That businesses are mindful of it. Yeah, I, it's almost like you're talking about my mother. She is 72 years old and she has an iPhone. What part of our conversation we had just this morning was, if she really needed one because she doesn't prioritize passwords. So she's always having to call and find out what her password is, these kind of things. Um, and, and, you know, I was like, no, you need to have one because that's the way everything is moving. But she still goes in and pays in person. She'd rather write a check than use a card. Um, she's, she's one of the, but you find that a lot in specific age ranges. The lower the number on age ranges, the more likely they are to want to pay with a card and the more likely they are to want to pay remotely. The higher the number on the age is, the more likely they're going to want to go in and talk to somebody and watch the transaction occur. So businesses still have to be mindful of that. One of the uh, automobile repair shops I was just talking about is in East Cobb, which has a, it's a large retirement area. There's a lot of retirement communities in the area. So the average age is a little bit older, perhaps, than other parts of Cobb. He has to keep the two terminals in the business so people can come in and pay in person because a large percentage of that clientele wants to. You're seeing businesses being cognizant of it. They don't want to make it so easy for everybody else and harder for what is still a substantial portion of, of their business. But it is getting easier if you can talk the consumers into letting you store the card number so you can ding it and hit it and, and send them what they need. Um, they provide those services. It's just the business has to manually type it in instead of the uh, the cardholder doing it. it. It's it's amazing, Chad. I've, I've kind of there's this idea that's been marinating in my mind, and you kind of you kind of brought brought it forth. You look at Chick Fil A, and as much as they're they're known for great products, 
they're also known at, for a great process. When you look at the pandemic and how Chick-fil-A adapted their drive-through model mm-hmm. and adapted the ease of just getting food, it's, and, and the idea that, that's been marinating is this, if it is easy, customers would probably put up with an inferior product mm-hmm. because they're able to get it easier. Right. I mean, is that would you agree with that? It's, it's funny. Yes. The way I, I say it is um, everybody thinks they want to save money. Eric, what people really want to save is time. That's more important to everybody right now. Making it more convenient trumps everything. Now, almost every other factor, um, not 100 percent and not for everybody. There's always the exceptions that that prove the rule. But we're finding more and more convenience is the more important factor than even price or product. You know, product quality is still important. Price is still important. But convenience, getting it easier is more important to customers. We're, we're looking to build a model right now to, to help uh, retail businesses have, have really taken it on the chin even before COVID because of big box retailers like Amazon and Walmart and Best Buy that, that have these huge web presences that do it. So what if we adapted that technology that I was talking about earlier where I can order something online from a men's clothing boutique. I know what size I wear. I know what I want. I'll order it even through the texting model that I talked about earlier. I text them the word order. They send me a link to their site where I can do it. We've linked this AI in with a delivery service. So instead of having the expectation of prime two days later, it comes, we beat that expectation. They have it in two hours. You you do it. Do you do all that at core payments? Is that, we're, work, is that- we're working on that product right now. It is a retail rescue product that I think is, is going to be a game changer for local retail. I mean, we, we always, we see, I mean, look at my, everybody's seen, or a lot of people seem to be working from home. I see, I am certainly, I see Amazon trucks up and down my street all day long. I don't I know how many vehicles I've got, but it's, it's all day long. Those are purchases that are not being made at local retail businesses that this kind of product will be able to help them with and to be able to compete with those big box retailers. Because once again, their price may be $5 more expensive than Amazon, giving them the margin they need. But if you can get it in two hours instead of two days, the convenience trumps the price. We're, we're working on it. We're waiting for some delivery services to get their network built out so we can uh, integrate with that, but it's coming. It absolutely is coming. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. And I'm going to just piggyback on here what Eric was talking about, Chick-fil-A and certainly the, the drive-through model. It really is based not only on the quality of the food and getting in and out fast, but it's the payment process. It is that first person takes your order. You know what it's going to cost. You pay for it. The second person, you're getting your meal. And next thing you know, you're, you're at home eating the chicken sandwich. The payment process is so important in that mm-hmm. example, Eric. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I like going there because it's quick, easy, done, right? Chick- and you don't chicken worry sandwich about anything. doesn't make it home. The chicken sandwich does not make it home. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I always go for the fries first. I leave the chicken sandwich <laughs> in the back. I start, I start with the fries. I go for the fries and the shake and work my way backwards. <laughs> It is remove, removing the friction from the payment process is how businesses are going to grow. It is a, well, not the only way, but it's a big part of how businesses are going to grow in the future. The easier you make it pe- for people to pay you, the more they're going to come see you. Yeah. And so let's continue that, that 
talking right there about the future. So you had said something interesting. I, I wrote it down here, Chad, sort of at the beginning of the conversation that during this last, you know, COVID period, we had our foot on the gas. We went 10 years of technology in basically a year when it comes to just not only payment processing, but I also think like consumer behavior on, on how we do things. And then payment is certainly part of it. So now that we're, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here and things are, you know, going back to some kind of normal way where we used to go into stores and, and shop and pay with our credit card in line. And I think I agree with you. The things that, that you help businesses with are going to stay around. Certainly pay before you get there. The text message example you gave with the vet. I love all those. And I'm thinking all that's going to stay. But, you know, what's coming up in the next two, three years that, you know, you're starting to see, you mentioned the retail rescue, which is certainly great, but is there anything else that you can give us a little hint that, you know, next year when we have you back on as a follow-up, we're all going to be saying like, oh, that we love this. What's happening? Uh, you know, it, it's really hard to predict that um, in my industry, because sometimes what you think is going to go does not take off at all. What you're going to find are greater convenience platforms for consumers to use. We're going to continue to see that. I don't know of one particular product that is going to come out that's going to revolutionize um, the market. But uh, one of you guys mentioned earlier, your watch. Was that you, Mark? You can like you can go to a coffee shop and pay with your watch. Um, I think one of the things you will start to see is more wearables being involved in that. And you're going to see, I think you're going to see a change. One of the things we've noticed in addition to a, a greater use of card not present transactions, is a lot more utilization of telehealth services, virtual doctor's appointments. If you don't have a serious condition going on, if it's for a checkup or you've got a, a call for a cold, you don't want to come in, we're going to see virtual environments for therapy, uh, for certain types of doctor's appointments. I've seen the platform that's uh, one of the platforms that's being built right now, and it's you know, I look at it and I'm like, wow, I don't want to say that's strange, but, but it's strange because I've never done it. It's revolutionary is what it is. And I think it really may change things like uh, mental health care and certain doctor's appointments, keeping uh, if it's a non-invasive or a non-procedural type of appointment. I think in the next five years, you're going to see a lot of doctor's offices try to push off to virtual appointments where we share screens. But the environment is not like a Zoom meeting. It is truly a virtual office environment. So I'm not going to have a chip implanted into my wrist so I can just, I don't even need a wallet. I can just, you know, use my wrist to, <laughs> I, I, that's, I think that's at least not on the deck. I got to wait a couple more years for that, I guess. You know, the chip, I have been saying since um, cell phones came out that as soon as they give me a chip that I can put in my arm, that gives me my contacts, my phone, all that stuff. And I can see it like Arnold and the Terminator movie scrolling up and down in front of my eyes. I want that. Um, because I don't even like carrying the phone around. I, I would just like to have the chip. Thing. I know a lot of people don't want that, but you will see certain types of um, medical equipment uh, that you can buy as your home health kit. And it will be connected through these platforms to the doctor's offices of blood pressure cuff or um, thermometer temperature reading type of uh, devices, those kind of things. I think we're going to see a lot of innovation in the medical space over and especially with the aging population in America as well. I think you're going to see a lot of innovation in the medical space in terms of payments and the way those services are offered because everything's integrated. 
when you're having a virtual experience, your payments are integrated in the virtual experience as well. And it's a virtual payments, also a real payment, but you're paying virtually with them. It's a, uh, it's going to be a big part of the, of the innovation. I think. What a future it's going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm about 50% on that, on that chip in my head. I think I would like it, but um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm there yet. So we'll check in. We'll check in again on that. Uh, it would be dangerous. Rather, yeah, it could be, it could be dangerous. Uh, slightly. Uh, ra- wrapping it up here, Chad, we love to get all our guests to give us a one word answer. And the question is, what is the one word to describe your outlook for 2021 when it comes to your business? One word answer would be growth. Love all it. Of, Love. All of these changes are leading to that. Excellent. I think we went pretty, pretty deep into that. For our listeners that would love to get in touch with you and learn more about how core payments can help them and certainly pick your brain on some of these fascinating things that are coming that can help them in their growth, as you said, of their own companies. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Chad? Um, I like, I'll be honest, I'll give you my phone number and my email. People text me if you want. My phone number is 770-595-9515. Um, you can email me at chad at core payments. It's core with a K, uh, chad at corepayments.com. Excellent. Excellent. Chad, thank you so much for, for being here. This was an incredible conversation. I think it definitely opened my eyes to what's coming and it's going to be here soon. I definitely know I'm going to be talking to my vet about some mm-hmm. things that they can do <laughs> and my dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. Two, two good ones I might be talking to you about real soon. And uh, I just wanted to thank you for being here. We appreciate it. My name is Mark Apple. And I'm Eric Most. And you've been listening to Between Two Trains, and we will catch you next month.